the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome in, Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Good to be talking to you. Good to be alive today. I'm actually live in Fremont today, not from San Francisco. What do you want to talk about? Anything you want to talk about? Ah. Uh, money and investing. Resilient. Oblivious. That's kind of what we're feeling like right now when it comes to Mario Draghi and the European Union and Fed Chairman Ben Bernanke. Wednesday, we kind of hoped the Fed would save the market. I personally don't want the Fed to do anything. I think they've done enough. I think it's time for Congress to do something. But they did nothing yesterday. Mark was a little disappointed. Guess what happened? The great promise. The Fed Reserve, the European Union... Today, the chance for Mario Draghi to step up to the plate and hit one out. Mm, not so much. Very underwhelming, all things considered. And the markets don't really like it right now. And again, this is the same thing that happened last summer. The only problem is this is now starting to look at uh, 2013. And 2013 has the tax issues that 2012 didn't quite have. Our government has said that they will extend the deficit ceiling. That's starting to get in the right direction, but not quite there yet. Draghi says the European Central Bank today signaled he's going to join forces with governments to buy bonds in sufficient quantities to ease the region's debt crisis while conceding that Germany's Bundesbank has reservations about the plan. So ECB bond purchases will likely focus on shorter-term maturities, which would be conducted in a way to soothe investors' concerns and seniority. The United States already went through this. And the beauty about the United States already going through it is they have a little bit of a roadmap. We're not healed completely in the United States, but we're pretty close. Our banking is not healed, but pretty close. It's not perfect, but it's pretty close. So the ECB needs to do the same thing, but the problem with the ECB is that they're dealing with the European Union. So instead of one Congress, they got 17 Congresses. Instead of one president, they've got 17 presidents, premiers, dictators, whatever they are over in Europe. I don't take the time to notice because, let's put it this way, I'm American. USA, USA, USA. Chad Burton, you watching the Olympics last night? Not a not a single one. Not a single one. You know, we missed pearls till late. Yeah, we were. Our 10-minute drive home, you know? Yeah. No time for Olympics. I feel so... I. You know, they're on the DVR, but who knows if I'll ever get to them. Really? You DVR Olympics? Yeah, a couple of the couple of sports. What sports do you like? Um, I, I mean, I, in terms of what I'm going to watch, I'm kind of waiting for more of the field event stuff, but I don't even know if they've started yet. That's no, how far so behind that's week I two. am. Week one's yeah. always uh, the gymnastic stuff. A, a lot of the stuff in gymnastics I like to watch, but I can only watch you know 20 minutes at a time, and then it all starts looking the same. Yeah. I saw, I saw the one U.S. girl that can vault like 10 feet higher than all of the other girls. That was ridiculous. Pretty, yeah, was I mean, how do you try that once? I mean, one slam and you're done. <laughs> it's just, it's amazing. It's 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 good stuff. I hear the the Olympic um, 
what do, they, what do they call where everybody stays? The Olympic grounds, village. The, the Olympic Village is just nuts, though. I've heard it's a little crazy. Like, what do you mean by nuts? Like, like, uh, like some very happy partying people after their after their events. Yeah. Just, we'll just leave it at that. There's been some each athlete gets fifteen prophylactics. <laughs> You're hitting it right on the head. <laughs> LeBron James asked out a swimmer, and she said no. Yeah, curfew, right? Yeah, heard that story. So I don't know if I if I were a chick and I'm not a chick, but if I were a chick, I don't think I could date a guy who's like four feet taller than me. Like that, <laughs> that would just be odd for me, right? You'd think so. Could you date a three foot tall girl woman? No. Okay. So no pygmies in your life. Nope. No pygmies need to apply. No, five two so. is the lowest I'll go. So when a five foot one girl applies, you just stamp rejected on her. Yep. Sorry, can't do it. <laughs> wow. Let's talk more about this uh, Mario Draghi issue. Now, before we talk Mario Draghi, <laughs> let's talk Olympics and um, Visa. Do you do you buy into any of the commercialism? Do you buy into, like, do you enjoy, like, do you say, I want to support IBM or I want to support Visa because they're supporting our Olympic athletes? I don't really buy like, into it, but you know it happens subconsciously. Do you think it does? Uh, yeah, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. So you're one of those people that think advertising works. Yeah, and you can see who's doing it. For example, um, uh, see, what, what's the date? Can I talk about it yet? One of the grocers that... We recently picked up on a big dip. Yeah. They're doing a lot of online uh, consumer-based programs and a lot of Facebook advertising for that recognition. And I'm seeing people. I never go online and like that kind of stuff, but I'm seeing a lot of people I know do that. You've gone kind of crazy on Facebook this year. Crazy on Facebook? Last year, you're like, I'm not going to post on Facebook. I need to protect my privacy. You, I need to protect my image. You were my friend last year. And this you realize year, that, right? And you, it, you were not my friend And this year, year, you're like, watch me surf. Yeah, watch me on right. my boat. It's that's what I've I've not doing anything different on it. Watch me. I've eat actually my only cereal. been on it for two years. Okay, I'm just telling you. Last year you've gone crazy. Watch me eat my cereal. I post pictures watch of my kids my wakeboarding, and that's it. That's we're gonna get in a Facebook war again, aren't we? You know I'm, what I cannot stand? Go ahead. I hate bumper stickers. And what's the bumper stickers of the internet right now? I have no clue. Pinterest or Pinterest or however you say okay. it. And that crap that people oh just drives me nuts. Can't stand it. Okay. Quotes on Facebook are not going to change the world. Just so you all know out there, they're not going to change the world. Is that what Pinterest is? It's, yeah. They, I've slowed down my technology consumption. Yeah. yeah. You, you, you're more Twitter-based now, right? Yeah, I'm all Twitter. Yeah, the, the constant news feed, which is great for doing the show. Yeah. That's for a, sure. That's savvy. Like, okay, back to Mario Draghi. Yeah, did you, so, did you hear about Mario Draghi's comments on Twitter before you saw it anywhere else? No. Did you hear it on Bloomberg? Or? I had a long night last night, so yeah. I kind of sheltered myself from the news. I tell you what, one of my analysts, Patrick, got it right. He thought it was going to be set up for a real big disappointment. And some of the stocks... Wait, made... I said the same thing. Did you? I think the whole world knew that what's happening right now is everyone in Europe say the right things, and then Germany's going, no, I don't well, think so. Ger- they can't really do anything substantial until Germany has this big vote on September 12th. And the vote on September 12th is that the, the, the use of that bailout fund that they funded... The, the ability for them to use that to buy the sovereign debt. I mean, that's that's September 12th. So now what we can do as investors is hope that we get through August without any kind of a major event, such as you know a large bank failure, which there are some bank shore-ups, obviously, in Spain and Italy. But outside of that region, um, let's just hope we get through August of that, because it's, it's amazing. The market, if we look back a year for, from today, August 2nd, just on the price movement alone without dividends, the, the market's up almost 9%. And revenues have gone what direction? Down. Right. For almost 50% of the companies in the S&P 500, revenues are down. Profits are up because they've been able to cut more costs. But what's that mean? 
it means more people that have less jobs. So more people, it, more people that are jobless. Um, and so that's why steering clear of consumer-based stuff right now, I feel, still think is, is key. Um, but have your shopping list ready for some of those companies that if you can put a chart up next to China yeah. and they've sold down 30% more than China, those are the stuff that you want to look for right now. Because when we ever get any kind of a growth story out of China or any kind of a fix out of the European Union, those things are going to rally. And that's where some big significant gains, I think, are in the future. Yeah, and I don't think it's a zero-sum game. Like, consumer demand won't completely ever go away. Yeah. So it's a stock picker's game. Yeah. You know, it's, uh... well, you, yeah, you could still do it some consumer-based in China because China's really focusing now on trying to go from an export economy to consumer-based economy. So Chad Burton and I will be live in public tonight at Foster City Crown Plaza doing a Wealth Preservation Retirement Planning event. You can sign up for it at robblack.com, Wealth Preservation Retirement Planning. It's tonight from 6 to 9. Uh, planning tips, estate planning, some tax talk. Anything else that you want to hit real quick about tonight? How to rebalance and take gains in the portfolio when they come. Sign up at robblack.com. It's robblack.com from 6 to 9 tonight in Foster City, Crown Plaza. I'm all tuned in. I see all the programs. I save coupons for packets of tea. Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black. Talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Do you remember growing up, Chad, the McDonald's signs? Joining me today, CFP Chad Burton. Talking all things financial. Um, do you remember the McDonald's signs on how many people have eaten there? Yeah. Could they even fit that on the boards now? I don't think so. I think that became less of an angle for them. Yeah. yeah. What surprised me is you still see Ronald McDonald around. It's, as many people as are freaked out by clowns, including me, it's, it's surprising that he's still kind of hung around. As of 2010, over 245 billion hamburgers. That's pretty crazy when you put it in that kind of perspective. That's a lot of cow. Yeah, that is that is a lot of cow and a lot of other things as well. <laughs> a lot of chicken, though, too. A lot of cow foot. Um, cow head. Cow butt. So I've had 2.8 million people download my podcast. That's amazing. Not quite 245 million, but 2.8. That's not bad, right? Yeah, and it's amazing how many people uh, that we talked to last night or even at the events that, that only listen to it on podcasts now. Most uh, from the United States... I got a pretty good following in Canada. Nine, really? 9,000 plus followers in Canada. Even though you want to take their women and beer. And hockey. So okay. That's a good conquest, right? Yeah. Seriously, Obama's not done a lot. It's memorable. <laughs> if he were to take Canada, he could save his presidency. In the fourth quarter, take Canada. Yes, I consumed all of North America. That's what he could say. Eh, he's, he's still got to get Mexico to get North America. Well, I mean, he should because he, the only, you know, Communism and socialism works only until the point where you run out of other people's money. So we might need to go into Canada soon. You know, one of the Obamacare things went into effect today where women could get free um, pills, uh, breastfeeding uh, materials, things along those. One of the initiatives kicked in today is what I'm saying. Yeah. Tied, tied towards women. Mm, oddly, right before the election. Yeah, it's it's interesting to see last week how some of the um, companies like United Healthcare and others, a little bit of a pullback. You know, there's some competition in those areas. But I think 
the the areas that you want to look to toward to invest in those in in this whole Obamacare type of thing is the medical devices, but not the big devices like the hips and things like that that go into older people that might be harder to get, but just the basic syringes and in those types of medical devices that if you have what's the number the the huge number of people that are going to come on Medicare and that whole system that'll you know that's that's a lot of devices a lot of medical equipment that's going to have to be used is some people that don't have any care in terms of pills or syringes shots whatever that going to come online two listeners in iran i have really yeah there's this bay area transplants that's a drain brain back there's a country called isle of man is that showing up on your yeah i want to go there the isle of man like certainly men rule women there right (laughs) if you're on an island of man you'd say woman i'm a man Get off my island. Like, you could, I don't know, in Ghana 16, uh, Moldova, the Republic of Moldova. You are worldwide. You are kind of a big deal. Yeah. My my least, or my least populated, uh, Slovakia, with just one listener. The Slovaks aren't all alive. They they have to win something. Wouldn't that be sweet? (laughs) Win Rob Black's money. Um, Okay, so, you know, last night you and I did that event at... Miss Pearls, mm-hmm. which for some reason I always have a trouble remember. Nicely redesigned restaurant. A couple of years ago, it had that nautical theme. It's in Jack London Square, right next to uh, the the statue of uh, Jack Kerouac. It is big place too. It was big. Yeah, good so. open, good open area. Some nice live music afterwards. That's what I said about my wife, first wife. Big place, wide open. <laughs> no comment. In her head. In her head. <laughs> big empty space. <laughs> Um, you know, the one thing that we found that a lot of people came up to us last night with was, uh, rollovers. Yeah. So why is that so difficult? I don't know. And, you know, people, they want to either figure out their asset allocation or have something managed for them. And they think that because it's in a 401k, nothing can be done. And what sparks them a lot of times is people swap jobs every, what, two to three years, it seems these days. And so they end up with 401ks all over the place. And the one thing that makes them think about it is if you end up with a 401k that's usually under about 5000 bucks, eventually the plan's going to kick you out. They don't want to administer your account anymore. They don't want to have you show up on the list, the, the fees, that kind of thing. So you'll get a notice and says, hey, you have a certain amount of time to roll this over. We're going to send you a check and we're going to withhold 20%. And just because they're withholding 20%, that doesn't mean that that's the taxes that are going to be due. What happens is that's the minimum required withholding that the federal government has them withhold. The true taxes are going to be your your tax bracket, which is going to be at least 15% federal, and then plus your state income bracket, which is 9%, plus a 10% penalty for not rolling it into an IRA. So you could end up with a $5,000 check and owe $2,500 in taxes on it instead of having that $5,000 roll into an IRA. So long story short, people have, end up with these 401ks all over the place, and then they, they walk in, they say, okay, can you help me with my asset allocation? Well, you can't, if you've got stuff spread out all over the place, you can't properly asset allocate. How do you keep an eye on all that? So the process is pretty easy. You go figure out where you want to manage your money, whether it's Schwab, TD Ameritrade, directly in Vanguard or T. Rowe Price Funds, things like that. Open up the IRA. You call the 401k company, say, here's my IRA number. I want to do a direct rollover. They either process it over the phone or send you the paperwork to do. And you, then you'll get the check in the mail made out to your IRA. You just have to forward it within 60 days to your new IRA. And everything gets combined. And then you can actually keep an eye on your asset allocation or hire a money manager and, and move on from there. It's tough for people to do. 
Because it, you have to take some action. You do, and it, it, but it's really only a couple hours. Couple hours. Yeah. When when do you have a couple hours? Um, between. Let's see when do the kids go to bed? <laughs> right. I have two couple of hours. I do maybe two hours between Monday and Friday. And you're not going to watch Tosh. You're not going to like. You're going to. You're going to do. I'm going to watch Tosh. You there can't you go. Take that away from me. Did you watch Tosh the and Bloomberg? Did you watch the recent episode? No, I'm way behind. I'm seriously. Okay. I, 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 now in the summertime. Yeah. Get off work. Kids are constantly wanting to go wakeboard, so I'm all for that. So there's been really no TV lately. It's it's a tough life. He just finished his summer episodes. Yeah, I want to. I want I've got it. You got to see Tosh stand up. You and I have to go to a Tosh stand up. Are we gonna be liquored up? Mm, of course. So that's uh, one of my favorite Elvis songs. You know, I got kicked out of Graceland. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going through Graceland, and I think it's like a six hour drive from where I was in Virginia. It's an 18 hour drive across Tennessee. Tennessee's a big mountain estate. So I finally get there, and I'm out of time. So I, I'm well liquored up, and I'm going through. And I'm going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm all messed up. And I didn't use the messed up word. I used another one. Yep. And the tour guide didn't think that's funny. So I'm doing it again and again and again until I finally get a laugh, because you, you can only see so many Elvis jumpsuits and such like that. So I finally ask him. I go, can I see the toilet where Elvis died? And he goes, you're out. <laughs> I said, I don't want to see the king's crown. Got kicked out right then and there. True story. Uh, did your friends leave with you, or did they say, oh, we all, yeah, you're we all, an idiot? We all, we all, <laughs> you got a car by yourself. It was almost over. We were in the jungle room. There's only one more room to see. Uh, so big event tonight. Come out and see Chad Bridget and myself, Talk Retirement Planner, Rollovers, Investment Strategies, and much, much more. We're going to be at the Crown Plaza, 6 to 9 o'clock. It's really a chat event. I kind of introduce, talk a little economy, talk some stocks. He talks estate planning, trusts, uh, much, much more. You can sign up at robblack.com. Rob Black and Your Money is co-sponsored by AlexHarrisCoach.com. Call Rob Black now. 800-516-1220. That's 800-516-1220. Now. Back to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in. Rob Black and Your Money. Going to be Crown Plaza Foster City tonight, 6 to 9. At some point in time, I'm going to stop doing these seminars because I keep moaning and groaning the next day about how tired I am. Last night, just hanging out at Miss uh, Pearls in Oakland, Jack London Square, till about 8. You know, you do dinner after the event and you're just tired. Yeah. It was so. a tough drive home last night. Yeah. Uh, a little sleepy. So. Might have what? swerved a little. Really? <laughs> I swerve normally. So. <laughs> you swerve while accelerating. Mm-hmm. Second straight week of better than expected claims. First time unemployment claims. That's nice. But we're not creating a lot of jobs. Okay, we're not firing a lot of people, but we're not creating very fast either. You and me, we're going nowhere slowly, and we got to get away from the past. That's what the whole jobs market feels like. Well, I uh, think that the ECB is doing a good – or not the ECB, I'm sorry, but uh, our central bank, the Federal Reserve. I'm getting them all wow. mixed up now because they're going constantly on the news. You? Um, is doing a good job by doing nothing right now because we are getting mixed signals. Yeah. You know, we get some hiring, but some unemployment levels that are it, – it's, it's tough. And the market and people in the business, we don't want a QE3. We don't. All right. We want fiscal cliff taken away, the uncertainty taken away, and the ECB to deal with their problems, period. We don't – 
We don't want a market that's going to rally on QE3 when revenues are declining. That is not okay. Well, the market's on to the game, too. Like, Europe used to say, we're going to fix our problems this way, and the market would rally. Right. And now it's just like, yeah. After today, Mario Draghi has no credibility. He kicked the can. Someone must have gotten to him between London and Frankfurt. I mean, someone must have gotten to him. So it's just odd. So uh, other stories of news. President Obama continues to hold a strong lead with odds to win of 58% compared to Romney's 39.5%. Man, it must stink to be Romney. <laughs> Every phrase that he's iterated has come back to haunt him. Like, in this day and age of the YouTube, <laughs> this, he's been hosed. You know when he was running for uh, uh, king of uh, Pennsylvania? Was he king of Pennsylvania? <laughs> Massachusetts. Massachusetts. I'm exhausted. <laughs> I'm a surgeon. I've been up 36 hours. He's the czar of San Carlos. He was the czar. Um, so when he's running for president of Massachusetts, he said absolutely positively, I will not take a woman's right away. And now he's like, absolutely positively, I don't believe in abortion. Like, it's just insane how quickly he'll flip. He'll say anything to be elected. Yeah. And my thoughts are is those types of things leave it to the state level. You know, it's... Let's focus on creating jobs and stimulating growth right now so that we can eventually pay down this debt. So we are not Spain in 10 years because at this rate, the rate that Obama's spending money in 10 years, we are Spain, I period. Just, I honestly think America's just tired of politicians is what I'm trying to get at, yeah, yeah. Re- Republican or Democrat. I'm starting to rethink this whole our, – our whole love of gridlock. It yeah. sure has backfired on us over the last couple of years. I might not vote that way again. With that said, let's bring in Michelle Lerman from Lerman Law. Michelle Lerman is a state planning attorney. She'll be with us tonight. In Foster City. How are you, Michelle? I'm great, Rob. How are you? Good. What do you think about the whole Romney-Obama election? You excited? Oh, my goodness. I stay out of politics. <laughs> I'm so fed up. I'm like you. I, uh, it's, uh, I don't know. It's quite a, quite a mess, but uh, let's talk about estate planning. There you go. I'll let Chad run this interview with you so you get a Well, let's talk about it because right now the politicians are just increasing this uncertainty. So... Michelle, how have you dealt with that with clients with, you know, right now being able to pass over $5 million to your heirs or gift that while you're alive to next year potentially going back to a million? I mean, are you seeing a lot of inactivity with clients or a lot of frenzy to get stuff done by the end of the year? Our smart clients are acting because it really is an opportunity to to gift $5 million without any transfer tax. So my large wealthy uh, clients, they are taking advantage of this opportunity by setting up trust, transferring um, property, getting fractional discounts uh, into trust. And in the long run, those families that are moving wealth are the ones that are going to be saving in the long run. So So, what is... uh, Yeah. So, so there is some action at the higher end, of course. So what about what's the best asset? So if you're a wealthy person, you have stocks, bonds, you know, you got appreciated stocks with really low cost basis. You got rental properties. You've got shares of your business. What are some of the best assets to gift to take advantage of some of these laws right now? Well, low uh, stock that's appreciated a lot in value is not the best thing to transfer because once you transfer assets into a trust, mm-hmm. Those assets get your basis, and if you had those assets at your demise instead of transferring them during your lifetime, those assets under current law get a step up in the basis. So we try and find assets that are not really low basis, whether it's real estate or or stocks, but um, 
the best assets are um, our real estate, um, but we also take investment accounts. We put them in an LLC um, or partnership agreement, and then we transfer partnership interests into trust because that's another way to get um, fractionalize the, the shares of the gift. So let's say you have a, an investment account. You do what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. When you fractionalize it, what's what's the type of discounts that people can take? So instead of gifting away, you know, a million dollars, you can take a discount on it potentially, and and say that you've only gifted how much? Right. So what we do is we give it to a licensed appraiser, a business appraiser that looks at all the facts and all the circumstances to determine what they can justify. We're seeing anywhere between fifteen percent on the low side and thirty five. Um, 40% on the high side. And it's very, very fact-driven, and uh, it's important to have it substantiated by an appraiser. Gotcha. So you have a few thousand for the trust, a few thousand for the business appraiser, and you've potentially saved your heirs 500000 in estate taxes by Exactly. By exactly. It's significant. I mean, right now the estate tax rate is 35%. In the past, it's been up to 50% um, and over. So it's a really significant... Uh, uh, tax to try and to try and avoid. Gotcha. Let's go to the other end of this for a minute because people that you know they're they're starting out. They have say a joint account that if one of them dies, transfers to the other one. Death. They have a couple of retirement accounts that don't go through probate, but they need a basic you know will, power of attorney, healthcare directive. What's the easiest way for people to do that if they don't have a lot of assets that go through probate? Well, the simplest thing to do if they really don't have to go through probate is California has a statutory will form. It's very easy to find. You Google California statutory will form. It's nothing you need to pay for. You don't need any of these programs, pay for for a document. It's right in our statute, and it's accessible to everyone on the Internet. So you Google California statutory will form. It'll bring you to a link. Uh, there's directions. You have to make sure you follow the directions very carefully. You need two disinterested witnesses um, and create create a will. Um, the California Medical Association has a free health care directive, as do most doctors' offices and hospitals. Um, we still but, we still deal with the issue of a durable power of attorney that. That is, you know, if one spouse is disabled, you need it for the other Mm -hmm. spouse to act on your accounts. Absolutely. You definitely need a durable power of attorney, and you have to be careful because a lot of institutions aren't going to accept your durable power of attorney that you have prepared. So you'll want to go to the institution where you have your account and ask them for their durable power of attorney form so that you make sure for that institution your your agent can act for you. Gotcha. And then, but the, the... the problem, even with those those smaller estates, is if they both pass away and there's kids involved and you've got life insurance and a home, even though there's a mortgage, explain how the probate costs hit an estate that's after the life insurance is figured in, a million dollars. Right. And so it's an issue both of possibly probate, although life insurance doesn't necessarily go through probate, but what if the beneficiaries are young kids? Right. Then all of a sudden you're involving the court. But it's also an issue of protection. I mean, do you really want life insurance going to a child even once the child is an adult at 18? 
I mean, I don't know about you. Do you consider 18 really uh, an adult? Oh, absolutely I mean, not. I mean, you know me, I kids, if, if I pass and they get my money, it's spread out over a long period of time and left in trust to protect them from divorce and lawsuits. And exactly. Like that. And that's what you want to do. And so sometimes even with moderate estates, as long as you need a will, a trust, I mean, a will, durable power of attorney, health care directive, you might as well have a complete estate plan and have a trust. Um, have a trust also. And the documents that an attorney is going to prepare, especially a certified specialist, even for the health care directive, it is going to generally be more comprehensive and more customized to your situation. So I'd say, Rob, in answer to your question, even that small estate, um, put the home into a living trust, put the life insurance even into a living trust. And that way, if something happens to both mom and dad, there's trust ongoing for kids until they get to be a more reasonable age, maybe 25, sometimes even 30 or 35, depending on the size of the estate and how much life insurance. Excellent. It's a, it's a document that allows you to haunt people and have control after you die. I love it. <laughs> Michelle, it thanks. Does, and, but it's also not just haunting and having you be able to control. It's also, like you had mentioned before, incredible protection right, right. for the kids because we can set them up to um, to give a lot of protection. What if the child gets divorced? What's sure. going to happen to that? And we'll talk about these things tonight. Foster City, Crown Crown Plaza, Crown Point, yeah, Crown Plaza. Yep, Crown Plaza. Six to nine tonight. We'll talk all about retirement and estate planning. Michelle Lerman will be there. And if you want tickets to get in for free, you can email me right now, chat at chadburton.com. That you're listening to the show, chat at chadburton.com. And Rob, take it away. Thanks very much. I love you. that interview. So. <laughs> See you later, Michelle. You finished um, an entire rock star during that. Pretty much yeah. so. Um, I think you're doping because you're really good at what you do. We'll take a break here. Sign up at robblack.com. All those truths to be self-evident When you become president But something happens to you up on the hill This business is usually Rob Black has a financial interest. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in to Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black. Life's been pretty good to me. I feel blessed at times. I'm trying to figure out how to build an indoor lake. I want to be the first guy to have an indoor lake. Chad Burton, what do you say about that comment? It's got to be big enough to throw a wakeboard boat on it and... Do some laps. <laughs> You're wakeboarding. <laughs> I've had to slow down on that and only wake surf because the, the discs in my back are not, not happy with the landings on the wakeboarding. You're getting older. <sighs> I know. It sucks. I heard you uh, telling someone last night you're pushing 40. <laughs> yeah, almost 38, yeah. It's still wakeboarding. That's not bad. No, yeah, you can still throw a flip on one. It just hurts a lot more afterwards. So I myself, <laughs> my Olympic sport this year is uh, sitting in the bathtub and watching swimming. <laughs> So I breaststroke <laughs> along with Phelps, and I feel like I'm in the race. And he always beats me at the end, but it's okay. So, so did you get one of those double-sized king bathtubs? Then? I do have a big bathtub. Yeah. So yeah. I like to soak. I'll admit it. I like to sit on my couch. So I do the bubble baths and annual reports? I do bubble baths and barons. So I, I treat myself very sexy. I give myself some sexy time. <laughs> Draw the bath, glass of wine. Are we going to make a big event out of the next uh, Anchorman? I'm going to go premiere night. 
Oh, I, I absolutely. Yeah. So uh, I'll fly down for that one. Anchorman too. So coming out, Ron Burgundy lives. With that said, um, that is something I do. I, I read Barons every every Saturday. I love it. So. It's it's interesting to see that they, they always want to take the other side of a story. They do a lot and contrarian. That, right. Right. So when the market's hot, they're not. When the market's not hot, they're they're hot for it. You know how uh, Rubini Rubini's kind of the perma bear. He called the real estate and the credit crisis. Yeah, but he's been calling it for thirty years. So right. Be right. Exactly. So he's a perma bear, and he makes money by you know basically going to other economic councils, ECBs, uh, you know places like that to get paid to consult them on really the worst case scenarios. Yeah. If you do nothing, this is what's going to happen. He parties in Vegas. <laughs> and then he then he says, here's the worst case scenario. Right. Okay. I don't know about the party in Vegas. Though, oh, yeah, so that's, he, that's all on you. But He's he's well known for a party guy. Really? Yeah, and, and young chicks. Rubini is. Really? Yeah. Uh, Interesting. So the rock and roll economist. But people have to realize what he gets paid to do. Yeah. You know, that he, he has to be dramatic so that he gets the press, so yeah. that he gets the gigs. Right? And so you have to take a dose of the other side of that. Um, go for the people that are always positive. Go, go, growth people. And what I like about Barron's is if you read positive articles in, in the Wall Street Journal and you see that over and over again, Barron's will all of a sudden take the devil's advocate side of that. And I like that. I think people should, should as soon as they get too emphatic and emotional into a story or a stock, they need to get slapped down a little bit. My Olympic torch has now been burning six days. Should I call the doctor? <laughs> I'm sure many will in the... Uh, it's all pussy and... Oh, don't even. Yes, this is this is a family show. This is not a family show. Yes, it is. Did, did I tell you I'm building an indoor lake? <laughs> Olympics are getting kind of mixed reviews now. Um, one of the things that's interesting about the Olympics is this is a little bit deeper into Twitter. Twitter was around four years ago. There's no doubt about it. But now it's a little bit deeper into Twitter, and everything's getting spoiled, but people are still watching. Record ratings for NBC on the Olympics. Yeah, that that is amazing with with Twitter, but the ratings thing, I don't get it. I mean, how many people are ever asked if you're truly watching something? I once, it's all made up. I, no, actually, I once was a Nielsen person. Really? You yeah. got the box in the mail and everything? Yeah, diary as well. I think so. you're the only person I've ever talked to that that's happened to. Kind of a big deal. That's right. Oh. Is it home? <clears throat> Excuse me. A home. It's where you live, right? Mm-hmm. Um, definition, nice place to come back to. Home is where the heart is. Home is where you have your family. Home is where you have your three cats, if you're that weird cat person, <laughs> which I know a weird cat person. Is it better to buy a home or rent a home? An analysis released by real estate information provider Zillow today says that in most U.S., it's better to buy a home now than to rent. So in a lot of metro areas, the advantage comes sooner than three years. So they're now saying if you're going to be in a home for three years or be in a rental for three years, go for the homes. They're calling it three years. Better to buy a home now. In Miami, for instance, uh, owning beats renting after 1.6 years. The point is, at which owning does it become financially advantageous? Well, first of all, the three-year scenario that they're talking about yeah. has a steady price or possibly a price increase, right? Here's what real estate prices are tied to. Taxes, tax deductions, down payments, utilities, appreciation, maintenance, opportunity costs. Right, but others. what if we have a big rise in interest rates and... You know, economic downturn three years from now and housing prices fall. So that's that's. A, I think it right now to get into a home, or if you if you're looking, you know, you've got a family and in, increased size in family, you need another bedroom, you need to upgrade, and you can still get into a house where your payments are thirty five percent or less of your take home. 
it's an unbelievable time to transfer into that house. You get a 30-year mortgage at extremely low rates. Or if you have, you're have you financially successful, you're maxing out your 401ks, you've got well over a year's worth of uh, income saved in taxable investments just in brokerage accounts, and you're trying to buy a rental property, and you can get positive cash flow property and hold on to that for 10-plus years, I think it's a great time. But if you're trying to get into properties just to flip them yeah. or hold them for three years, that's ridiculous. Because they're tied to housing prices are tied to interest rates and wage inflation. Wage inflation is going nowhere, nor will it until we get through this deleveraging process. And that's going to be five to ten years minimum. And interest rates are being kept artificially low by the feds in quantitative easing. So what's going to happen in two years as all those notes come due? You know, it's 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 a tough scenario for price appreciation, but it's a great scenario for long term living and for rental properties. In the San Francisco, San Jose Bay Area, it's eight years. I was trying to give you some national statistics where it is great to own a home outside the Bay Area. But if you're going to be in the Bay Area, uh, rent for under eight years or own for over eight years is the idea of going after the break-even point. Makes sense. I mean, you got cycles in real estate that last you know, 10, 10 years or so. Every 10 years, it goes through another cycle. But the difference in real estate is the, the peaks and the troughs, they last longer than like a stock peak or a trough. So what are you going to be talking about tonight? You know, when you get to the point where you've stopped funding your nest egg and you've got to live off of it, how do you transition it? How much cash, bonds, stocks, alternative retirement products do you need? That's what we talk about tonight. Crown Plaza, Foster City. You can sign up 6 to 9 o'clock, Wealth Preservation Retirement Planning Event, 6 to 9 tonight, Foster City, Crown Plaza. Sign up at robblack.com. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and much, much more. Talking about the stock market. Talking about what we're seeing out there. Economy. What's coming out of Europe. What's coming out of the United States. It's a summer of discontent, a lot like last summer. Question is, will it have the strength on the back half like last summer had? i.e. will we have a good fall and now is a buying opportunity, not a selling situation. Um, Big stories today. ECB provides a little breathing space. That's about all they did. It's talk, 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 and no action. Like, we're on to you. We get that game. We're going to do everything we can to save the European Union. We're going to do everything we can to love Greece. We're going to do everything we can to help Spain. And the market just doesn't believe it anymore. The market's just like, saying, eh, we need some action at some point. So the S&P 500's a loser today. The Nasdaq's a loser. The Dow's a loser. Oil's a loser. Ten-year Treasury's a winner, i.e. a loser because everyone's running to it to hide. Gold's a loser, and the Euro's a loser. It's pretty much so a good day to be a loser. Speaking of which, let's bring in CFP, Chad Burton. <laughs> Gee, thank you. You're welcome. Yeah, S&P 500, though, is actually pretty resilient based on where it opened. It's, it's a little bit amazing. I don't like the... I don't like the Resiliency with low volume, and this in spite of bad news situation. Here's the deal: this summer we have the same situation as last summer in terms of the European debt crisis and the debt ceiling debate. But we have the fiscal cliff on top of that, and a much tougher comparables with revenues with about 45 percent of the S&P 500 companies that are reported being down. GM's revenues down today. They beat on the on the bottom line again, which is decent, but the top line. I mean, you can't continue to have stock market growth without top line beats. 
you got to have increasing net revenues. With that said, this has really been one of the more uh, first-time weakness in revenue. It's not a trend yet. It's, no, it's a quarter. Well, it's it's not, and it's not a really a true economic trend yet because it's a it's based on uncertainty. It's based on people pulling back because they don't know what the heck is going to happen. Have you pulled? So back? you could have a quick reversal of that. I would say that I could hire right now, but I'm going to hold off until I know what's going to happen at the end of the year and see what my health insurance costs for my company are going to be. Yeah, and um, you know what my tax situation is going to be. Can't you just kick all your employees to the curb and say go get Obamacare? <laughs> no, because you, you you have to still pay for it. Not that's not that's not the case. And it's funny because I talked to doctor clients that that uh, one that runs a dermatology clinic, and you know, how do you think it's going to affect you? And he's like, honestly, I haven't had a time to go through and look. There's going to be more people on plans, but how we're going to bill and all those other things, it's it's tough because people are kind of just in shock that it's going to be here, but yet, is it going to be here if Mitt Romney's elected? Is he going to repeal it because it's a tax? The Supreme Court said is it, it is a tax. And if the middle class don't think they just got taxed, they're insane. So I just, I just you know, the, the policies that are going on right now you are just You just quote absolutely. Mitt Romney. Did I quote Mitt Romney? Yeah. No, I didn't quote Mitt Romney. Okay. So I was going to hit you with a stick if you did. Like <laughs> the, the Olympic quote when he was over, over there, he was talking about the Olympics. That was, that was, what that did was he terrible. say? Um, I've been kind of uh, living in a cave. Recently. They said, "Do you think? What do you think about the security and other things like that?" And well, I've seen a couple of things that are disconcerting. I mean, it's come on. <laughs> Your public policy starts now. That's not something you say. So far, they've pulled it off pretty well over there. So our economy is so bad right now. Um, NBC is going to do you know how they, every year they do a new Law and Order show. Law and Order special. It's still on. Yeah, <laughs> they're doing. <laughs> They're doing one called Law and Order IOU. So <laughs> it's basically lawyers working for free. Nice. Nice. Uh, Gloria Allred actually is going to have to have a case where she's not trumping herself out in front of media and whoring herself so that she can get PR. Mm. You're, you're over my head on that one. Okay, good. Um, <laughs> one of the things that you and I talk about, you're a CFP, and we're going to be tonight in Foster City, Crown Plaza, doing a little event on wealth preservation retirement planning. One of the things that still shocks me, and again, we've already talked about this today, but let's talk about it further, is the whole rollover IRA thing, mm-hmm. where people just collect IRA. Uh, ro- they collect, you know, where they work, they get a 401k here, a 401k there, the four, like, and they don't take that extra step. But another thing that stuns me, and this just, I guess I'm stunned by people's lack of knowledge um, or willing to do the same exact mistake again, putting real estate into an IRA, which, for the record, I hear a commercial on radio regularly mm-hmm. about the safety and the smartness of buying gold in an IRA and the safety and smartness of buying real estate in an IRA. And when I hear radio commercials, I instantly get leery Right when they're too good to be true. Yeah. I mean, the, there are so many negatives on putting real estate into an IRA. I mean, the first one is that typical people, people that are successful in real estate and rental properties, they typically have a loan of, you know, put 20 to 30% down, have a loan on the rest. And they come up with the cash for the other part of it. If you have a loan on a rental property that's inside of an IRA and you have positive income, you can have unrelated business taxable income or UBTI. And that can cause your IRA to become 100% taxable in some cases. Um, And then what happens if you purchase a rental property with an IRA and you have some sort of a major event? You got to put a roof on the property. You have some renters that destroy the place, and you got to put a bunch of money back into it. How are you going to fund that money into the IRA that has that, if that's your only IRA? And also, if you're buying it for positive income, if you buy a, a 
positive cash flow property and it's in the IRA and you're you're taking that out you're taxed on 100% of it if you own that property directly and you can depreciate the value of the structure over in 27 and a half years and take other deductions for maintenance and other things you're not taxed on all that income so it's a pretty tax efficient way to create income if you own it directly or in an LLC versus owning it in an IRA it just makes no sense to me you you have higher custodial fees. It's just a way typically for people to make money on being the custodian, selling the property, and you know, charging you ongoing asset management or custodial account fees for, for owning that property. The only time it makes sense is if you're like super have the super huge IRA or deferred comp plan and you can buy the the rental property with cash and it's only a small portion of it. People that I've I've talked to about that, it just never ends up working out. It's just too much of a hassle. So, in other words, don't do it. I agree. Especially so. if it's a condo. Well, okay, you know I get into trouble talking about condos, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, t- I wrote a chapter in a book called Condos are White Trash Investments. Mm-hmm. And condos aren't white trash investments in Honolulu. Where there's water. Right, where right there's next, water, right next to AT&T Ballpark. Yeah. But condos are white trash investments in Stockton. <laughs> in not Fremont. Yeah, kind of Fremont. Mm-hmm. Like, I would say Fremont. You know, you got to be very, very, very careful. You, you want a luxury townhouse, i.e. somewhere in a luxurious place where people want to go. Right. Because you have limited people to resell to. It's either the older person or the starter couple, yeah. right? And then you could have assessment fees in the future. You never really own it because you have the HOAs. It's just it's too much lack of control. The amount of people under the age of 35 living at home now, it's it's insane. And that's what scares me the most is that... You want to sell your townhouse to someone who's under 35 mm-hmm. and or someone who's over 65. It's not a good market. Yeah. It's, a, it's a pretty horrible market. So be cautious with uh, going on in a townhouse. So what are we going to talk about tonight at the big event? Boston um, City. One of the things we'll talk about is, is really looking for risk-adjusted returns in the long run and how okay. people view the different assets that they're, that they're picking. So a lot of people are running away from international stocks right now. They're running away from industrial stocks tied to China. And some of those things have the best current valuations. So you really got to create a shopping list right now and wait for some uncertainty to be removed and move into those areas. You can sign up for the event at robblack.com. You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome in, Rob Black and Your Money. I'm Rob Black, going to be doing an event tonight, Foster City. I love these events because you do get to put faces to the names and the emails. Last night at Miss Pearl's, I got to meet some people. One of them, a guy named Paige. Uh, I like. I like those names on guys that are not quite masculine or feminine. What was he like? Six six. He could. He was a big he could boy. Pull that off. Yeah. So, um, you need a little more audio in your headphones? Sure. Okay. Does that, does that help? Um, what was interesting about Paige is a couple of years ago I was talking about. Ah, there you go. <laughs> Changed the headphones. First time in studio. A couple of years ago, I talked about swimmers, and I once dated a girl in high school who was a diver, and she was just thick, like. 
swimming, if, if you do competitive swimming, you build muscle that other people don't build. And I, I was like, they're, the women are, they got shoulders that are like crazy. Like you touch them and they're like strong. Like it's the lats, man. You're, you're, yeah. You're, so anyway, Paige sent me a photo like two or three years ago from the University of Texas swim team. And these were some pretty good looking women. And uh, two or three years later, I meet him in person. And first thing I said was, uh, University of Texas swim team, right? And he goes, yep. So <laughs> so I remember these things very, very emotionally. So if you want Rob to remember something, tie it to women in swimsuits. Or, or send me photos. <laughs> send me photos, send me resumes. Also, I will accept teeth. If you have any teeth that have fallen out that you want to send to me, send it to the radio station, care of Rob Black. And uh, toenails. Is that because you still believe in the tooth fairy? <laughs> I do believe in the tooth fairy. All right, good deal. So, what a good deal that is. You lose a tooth, get five bucks, invest it. <laughs> that's you know, get two hundred dollars. What a pair of fail if you forget that night to go in. <laughs> that's the worst day. It's happened to me a couple times. Really? Yeah. Forgot so, to do. Forgot to do the thing. Like trying to sneak in at seven o'clock in the morning. Uh, what are you doing? Oh, nothing. <laughs> it's just slipping some money under the pillow. How much? How much do kids make now per tooth? Um. I think usually a couple bucks. I try to keep it cheap. Okay. You know. What's your angle on that? Like, you've got money. You don't want to lavish it on the kids. Oh, because it's, I think, too much money and easy access at young ages ruins work ethic. So you don't come home with surprise toys or anything like that, trying to buy their love and affection, adoration, trying to replace your childhood that was misplaced? No, I think I do just a lot more activities than most people in terms of, you know, the boating, the constant snowboarding, that kind of stuff. So... Just always keep them moving. Um, none of my kids have really been toy kids. They had, they had Thomas the Tank Engine phase and, and Lego phase, but other than that, it hasn't been. Legos get expensive. Thomas the Tank Engine does get expensive. You you know, that stuff that stuff adds up. So there's a great story in Bloomberg today um, talking about pension costs. It's actually a couple days old, but it's worth bringing up. Stockton, California Police Chief Tom Morris was supposed to bring stability and law. He was appointed to the job four years ago. He lasted eight months. He left with a $204,000 a year pension for the rest of his life. He worked for eight months, Chad, and he gets $204,000 pension. How do we stop this? Or how do we, like, how do citizens revolt? I mean, Stockton's bankrupt. We know that. Uh, bad decisions will lead you to bankruptcy. But that doesn't mean that the secretary at City Hall deserves to have her pension cut just because this jerk comes in and get something guaranteed when the deal was being negotiated. Clearly, no one was thinking about taxpayers. Yeah, it's San Bernardino uh, filed for bankruptcy. See that? Yeah, I did. Yeah. So, California, we lead the nation in bankrupt cities. $46 million shortfall in the city's budget. So it's the third California city to file for bankruptcy. So, you know, you can still do the, in terms of what, what bonds you invest in in California for the tax-free angle. Um, general obligation bonds, certain revenue bonds that are tied to, you know, the water projects, things like that you can do. But, you know, there's certain people that probably bought those high-yielding bonds and, and are going to lose their money. Pension liabilities, you know, from Fairfield, Inglewood, Panoma, San Bernardino, Stockton, Vallejo, they rise, you know, 6% a year. Mm-hmm. And revenue's not growing 6% a year. Like, this is going to end badly. We are going to become Greece. Maybe not in my financial lifetime, but it's going to happen. If, if something doesn't change, we'll be Greece and Spain and Italy in 10 years. I mean, it's just based on what the feds have done in terms of the amount of money that's been printed for the feds to buy U.S. treasuries. It's pretty obviously. They, they've, they're refinancing all the short-term bonds that they purchased in QE2 to the in QE3, and 
you know, into the longer term bonds. So we've, we need to, they're pushing this problem off for 10 years in order to stimulate, you know, now the next step, we have to stimulate jobs and freeze expenses so we can grow out of this over 10 years. Um, you can't go into an austerity measure and start cutting jobs, cutting costs drastically. You have to focus on raising the revenue first. But people with pensions, Rob, they really need to know, especially if they're either considering early retirement, like post, you know, or pre-60, 65, those, those type of range, or they're getting a buyout and they want to know how secure their retirement is. Um, they need to go to pbgc.gov. That's a pension benefit guarantee corporation. Mm-hmm. And you can look at the different ages that they, they have a, a, a basically a column, you know, age, and then here's how much would be guaranteed if the pension that you're in goes belly up. That's when the pension pension benefit guarantee steps in. They've you know they've stepped into the steel associations in the past, so it's important because I've seen people um, like Consolidated Freightways. That was a company that you know was quite large on the West Coast. They went under, and there was certain people that retired earlier, you know, pre sixty. They got their pensions cut in half for about three or four years until that got all figured out, and the pension benefit guarantee association stepped in. Or United Airlines uh, was it United Airlines? One of the big airlines that that happened to as well, where I saw people get their pensions cut. So yeah, you have to know because what if that's your only source of income, and then all of a sudden your pensions cut for a couple of years until they figure it out? What are you going to do? That house that you just bought in retirement and you got a mortgage you probably can't afford, it's gone. So President Obama was asked a question, and he answered Stevie Wonder, Bob Dylan, Rolling Stones, and you'd imagine the question is, "What's on your iPod?" And the question was. What's your, your economic? What's your, exactly. <laughs> oh, good God! There's a joke here about his dog. His dog is named Bo, and he, he got his dog fixed, and he should change his dog's name to the Economy, so he could say, "I fixed the economy." Um, a lot of people are getting really, really super angry at the president right now because um, he still blames the Bush administration, right? And I think there's going to be some truth to blaming. The 90s, all of the 90s, and all the 80s, where we just leveraged up. Yeah. I don't know if presidents should be blaming other presidents at this point in time. I think they should be blaming the you, lifestyle you, you of America. You know who I blame, right? Who? Barney Frank and Greenspan. Okay. Mostly cool. Barney Frank. Right. So. But basically, what we're trying to get here is that investors need to take a, a perspective that allows for some time to deleverage because we leveraged up for 100 years in the United States. And uh, it got particularly fast and outrageous in the 90s. Right. Uh, I don't blame Bush. I don't blame Clinton. You know, on Clinton, you could say he deregulated the banks. He allowed, so you could start, like, you can point fingers if you really want to. Mm-hmm. I don't see the point. There's not. But, I mean, one of the points to consider is that this could suppress stock returns over the next 10 years. I agree. Keep them, you know, we've enjoyed 11% rates of return. It's more going to be, like, you know, the, the mid-single digits. So you've got to take advantage when there's large corrections, when stuff sells off too far. It's like Buy I, when other people are fearful. That's going to be extremely important to outperform over the next 10 years. It's like years. what I tell women. Lower your expectations. <laughs> so, you're listening to me, Rob Black, Business Talk Radio Network. Sign up for the event tonight at robblack.com.
You're listening to Rob Black and Your Money on AM 1220 KDOW. One of the things that I kind of wished I had the ability to do, Mr. Chad Britton, is sing, dance, yeah. or play a musical instrument. I know. I, I feel like I'm at a loss for it. That's the one thing that I want to do for my kids that I didn't. Yeah. Is that forced piano that the kids hate when they're young. Every single person that knows how to play the, play the piano that's older, it's cool once you're in college. Yeah. It's cool once you're an adult. And it's actually nice to have that talent. Or how important it is for unless, a, for unless, a second, you, unless you only lo- learn show tunes. Or bagpipes. Or <laughs> if you only learn show tunes and you're the that accordion. nerd. The accordion. Oh, my gosh. There's just some instruments that should probably go yeah. away. I don't know. I it's, can see the bagpipes because it's you know such Scottish heritage, but it's the the accordion that tied to what German, Swedish? What what is the the accordion? What are you talking about? The accordion, you know, the thing that you uh, it has the piano yeah. thing on it. And it it's just awful. Uh, now hold on, wait, wait. What's a hot woman? Give me a. What's a hot woman? Yeah. In terms of a, a give me a name. Who do you find sexy? Uh, Nobody's coming to mind but Holly Berry right now, and that's okay, kind of Holly weird. Berry with an accordion on the end of your bed, lingerie. You gonna say <laughs> no to that? No, <laughs> I will put up for that for a while. You play it so well. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, where do we go from I'm, there? Um, let me ask you something. You know, you, we've we've had this Facebook IPO. Yeah. We've had what was the other botched IPO last week, and they have this night trading issue that caused the ridiculous volatility yeah. yesterday. They lost. Uh, they're announcing losses today, which their stock was cut almost in half again, yeah. of four hundred and forty million or so. And you have all these news about oh, the retail investor is going to be put off as as a result of this. Do you do you really buy that that much? Do you think that investors pay attention to those shorter term movements enough to that they'll stop trading? I think people are essentially financially retarding themselves, making the same mistakes again and again and again and again. Yeah. I was talking to an employee last night from Genentech, and he said every one of his coworkers wanted to buy Facebook and did buy Facebook. But I listened to you, Rob, and you said, "Don't date women under twenty-five. Right? Have some standards, um, and don't buy IPOs in the first year." Mm-hmm. And yet, last night I was like, you know, at twenty dollars a share, a lot of risk is out of the stock, and I'm still I'm interested, but it's still only you know two or three months old. Right. Right. Ten yeah. more months from now, and I'll look at it. Well, yeah, what but six I, months I, out, it'll be in, added to some indexes, obviously. So. But also six months from now, they structured their IPO so they can get, take advantage of the capital gains tax this year. Right. There's going to be two billion shares floated in December. Like December's going to be a bad month. Well, for California's kind of budgeted based on the thirty-five dollar capital gains that will be created mm. from the sales at thirty-five bucks a share. So California's budget will hurt a little bit from it. But I had ent- I had clients emailing me and calling me say I'm willing to convert my entire IRA to Facebook. If you want to buy it in your own trading account, that's fine, but we are not touching this with a 10-foot uh, pole. We do you, don't do IPOs. Do you agree with my statement, like, wait for one year? Yeah, I mean, some of the, 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 the there's only a few stocks that we could look back and say that we wish we would have got. There's only one that I could. If I can actually get in a time machine and go back in time, it's Google. Yeah. But that's the only one. And you can give me all the money in the world, and I'll go back in time and buy the IPO, and I, I still won't come out ahead, even though I'm going back. You know, yeah, there's I, just a few. I'll make stories. some bets on the Super Bowl. Right. Yeah. Anyway, um, the volatility though is there. It's the volatility on an annual basis is yeah. not any different. The volatility on a daily basis is larger now than it was, say, ten years ago. And What's, retired people are really having a tough time with this because they have they're dealing with extremely low interest rates and higher volatility. 
which means they have to pay more attention to the timing of their withdrawals. When you're younger, it doesn't matter. If you're 30 years old and you're trying to dollar cost average a large chunk of cash, it doesn't matter whether you do it now, all in, or over a three to six month period. In 15 to 20 years, it won't make a difference at all. But if you're retired and you're drawing and you draw on those really bad quarters, yeah. you can't recover because you've pulled the money out. You know, If the market drops 50%, it has to get 100% return to break even. So if it drops and then you pull money out, you're done. Right. So that's why you have to have a certain amount of cash a certain amount of stocks that have a history of increasing their dividends so that some as they grow you can sell some of them without affecting your income and and then when the market's up and and you've got to look at the market on a quarterly basis because most of the returns for a year come in one quarter and some of the big dips in the year come in one quarter so you when the quarter's up you know over 3 to 4% and you need to replenish some of your cash don't be afraid to sell don't be afraid to take some of those house the house money off the table to replenish your cash which is your safety net in retirement. You know, I told you that my grandmother died last year. Um, what was interesting to note about that was that there was a couple million dollars coming my way. Mm -hmm. It still hasn't come my way. Mm -hmm. Like property had to be sold. It had to be held in escrow. Right. Um, the oil well money, you get taxed huge on it. And it, it comes on a regular basis. But then you have to upgrade the oil well before you actually get anything out of it. What I'm trying to get at is I think a lot of people are counting on retirement uh, inheritance that's not going to be there for them, and it's not going to be the way they want it to. It's not going to be that instant gratification. And I got a great scenario. Like, you know, when Granny died, I was like, this is sweet. Like, this is actually, right. you know, she was 95 years old at this time. Yeah. She was just a bag of skin and bones. Uh, but you were talking about people aging and retirement. They're really frustrated by the volatility. She wasn't. She was. She planned well. Like, she had great life. She had a great amount of money. Mm -hmm. Didn't need money the day she died. Didn't need life insurance the day she died. But her heirs, who are counting on that money, some of them more than others, um, still it's very slow to come out. It is. I mean, estates take you know minimum of nine months to typically settle. Some of them several years. And what's important to that, you know, to change the subject into estate planning, most people are retiring with large IRAs, and most of the inheritance that's going to be left from this date forward yep. to people are going to be in IRAs. Now, if you do it right, your kids can you know take that IRA roll it into an inherited IRA, and continue the tax deferral over their lifetime. But an estate can take several years to settle, but the IRA, but it has to be transferred into that inherited IRA state by the end of the year following death. And so there's a lot of trustees that screw up. They say, we're not going to do anything with the IRAs until the rest of the estate settled. And so they screwed up. And then all of a sudden, a you know million-dollar IRA becomes taxable to the heirs, and a million-dollar IRA is instantly turned into a $500,000 know, uh, lump sum, which is still great. But that's $500,000 that goes to Uncle Sam instead of your heirs or your favorite charity. So, And this is also becoming extremely important when you're leaving money to kids in trust because there's a specific way. If you want to leave a large IRA to a child in trust so they don't screw it up or they don't lose it in a divorce or a lawsuit – there's even more rules on how that has to be handled through the types of trust that that's done. So actually, next month, we're probably going to be either doing a live event or a webinar based on you know some of these big, huge benefits that are going on right now for people that are wealthy and how to transfer assets, and then how to deal with large IRAs, because that's the, what I'm seeing people retire with. Okay. I want to play the MK game. What's the MK? I hate these. If this is current events or pop culture, you know I'm going to just look like a... Cool. No, we, every sentence we end with, okay. <laughs> Mr. Mackey. So are you finding that more people 
are counting on inheritance. More people are living with mom and dad. Okay. Uh, yes, I'm crying. <laughs> Retirement's not what people expect it to be, is it? Okay. <laughs> this has got to end right now. <laughs> I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start doing the old guy from Family Guy. One more. Give me one more. Uh, okay. Okay. There you go. <laughs> now you think that's funny, or you, you think can't. that you don't? You don't think that's funny, but we just lighten everyone's day. How do you feel about that? People are feeling better about their pathetic lives where they're not saving enough for retirement. You know what's, what's awful, too, and a big mistake that I'm seeing? So you get the... Women doing judo? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I would be all for that. In fact, I'll jump in the ring. I don't know about that. It's really tough for an ex-wrestler to do judo. You know that. Because judo, you spend a lot of time on your back, yeah, you and I put, can't do it. I tried. judo just pushing people over. Like, isn't it a fancy word? There's a lot name of, for there's a lot of gee touching. Let's pull a leg around and this person push them. <laughs> That's not fair. Uh, I don't know. Which it's do you odd. think Rob Black did as a kid? Did he do karate or judo? Let's see. You were born overseas, mm-hmm. Japan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You were a samurai. I was raised overseas. <laughs> Actually, I was a fruit ninja. Fruit ninja. <laughs> nice. Uh, Unemployment claims rise, factory orders fall. Goldman Sachs is betting on New York City inmate program. That's interesting to note. Um, Goldman Sachs is investing $10 million in a city program that's going to allow investment firm to profit if it can reduce prisoner uh, recidivism rates where they go back to prison. Does that even... That sounds odd, doesn't it? Just, I guess. I mean... Should I believe in hard labor. I don't understand why prisoners aren't doing hired labor. It just blows good. me away. Okay. So Bristol Myers exec arrested for insider trades. That's good news. Seems like they're uh, getting easier to catch these days. Yeah, we need more SEC enforcement. I'm all for that. U.S. Attorney's Office in Newark, New Jersey says Robert Ramnerine bought and sold stock in three companies that his pharmaceutical firm was considered buying. Like, how dumb are people? Chad? Chad? They're very, very dumb. Aren't they? <laughs> okay, so let's focus back on the show. Um, we've got one minute. Tonight, Wealth Preservation Retirement Planning event. We're going to be talking about investing. We're going to be talking about uh, it changes when you turn 60. It changes when you're wealthy. You can't afford to make mistakes. Right, and, and a lot of people are wondering, how does asset allocation strategy change if taxes change next year? And it really do you, depends. Do you think it, the market will change based on... Capital gains taxes? I think right now, at the, at the point in time where we are, where the 10-year treasury is so low and government bonds are so low right now with the threat of increasing interest rates somewhere down the road, 18 to 24 months, who knows, that there's enough yield protection in a lot of stocks that it's not going to change too much. But if you're a wealthy investor, you really got to keep an eye on it because it will it will change for you. Um you know, dividends being taxed as ordinary income is a, is basically plus a three point eight percent Medicare surcharge tax for for people that make over two fifty. That's a, more than a double tax increase on your dividends. You can sign up for the event tonight in Foster City at robblack.com. Rob Black has a financial interest in the success of New Focus Financial.
Visit Rob Black online at robblack.com. Now, back to Rob Black and your money on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome in. Rob Black and your money. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Doing a wealth preservation retirement planning event tonight in Foster City. You can sign up at robblack.com or email chad at chadburton.com and he'll get you a ticket for free. I'm not as kind as Chad. I'm a mean old miser. Scrooge is one of my favorite people in the world. That movie was fantastic. That book was fantastic when he's 90 years old and he's got a lot of money. And then freaking ghost convince him to like share it with other people and enjoy Christmas. And that's when the, the, I hated that part of the movie. <laughs> he's throwing coins out to kids. I thought Scrooge know, McDuck was a lot more interesting than the actual I did Scrooge. like Scrooge McDuck too. Right. Liked so, it. That was kind of a surreal cartoony thing, right? Yeah. You kind of saw like, what's up with that duck not wearing pants? <laughs> like, that was pretty odd. He's that cheap, Rob. He is that cheap that he won't even buy pants. Okay. Quiz time. Yeah, boy. Are you ready? No. Mr. Producer, do we have any chance we got Jeopardy music? Probably not. Nah. Okay, there we go. The number of young adults age 20 to 34 who live at home right now, what is the percentage of the number of young adults? 38%. 34%. Actually, it's 24%. <laughs> but don't let, don't let the facts in. What's real it. here? So one in four kids live at home. Can you imagine? Like, when I was 17, 18, I was done. Yeah. Once I got to college, I'm like... It, with the, and, you know, there's a whole issue of enabling right now as well, because a lot of these kids could maybe take a lower-paying job to get through these tough economic times, but they're focused on maybe what they had a couple of years ago. Right. And then the parents are enabling it, and it just continues on, and then it's affecting the parents' retirement. So you have to be real careful and really you look at yourself and say, am I enabling this situation? People under the age of 25, what percentage live at home? Is the that the 38%? F- under uh, the age of 25? Under the age of 25. Well, that includes all kids. No. And like 18 no, to 25? It's adult. Yeah. It's adult. <laughs> don't want uh, you start with me. I don't know. 38%. I'm just going to stick with that number. 43%. Okay. That's startling. Can you imagine dating and living at home? I I guess I come from a different generation. I wouldn't want to live at home in any way, shape, or form. I wouldn't want my mom to live with me in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. No, I was gone at 18, never came back. I definitely wouldn't want my dad living with me because he's dead. That would stink. And and having a dead man in the (laughs) coffin. Dad, I'm home. Although the whole keep people in the freezer and collect their social security check thing, that's going. That's that's strong. Although... Now that I'm starting to think about it, I kind of like the idea of my dead dad. Hey, dad, look at me now. Am I still a failure? Put him in a glass box so he can see you. If Honestly, if I can get Michael Jackson in a glass box, I would. You know, I do think um, Steve Jobs should make should have made an eye coffin. <laughs> Just a big glass, pretty coffin. Right? Sure. We'll do a retinal display. The Great Recession. Has, now, again, we, we joke about these numbers, Chad, but... Kids today aren't getting married. If they're living at home, they're not getting married. They're not forming a family. So on one hand, I don't know if you saw Harry Dent's predicting Dow 3000 by the end of next year because of what he calls the baby bust. Mm-hmm. People under 30, women no longer are looking to get married because they don't need to because the guy is, doesn't have a job. He plays Xbox and watches Jersey Shore. Yep. Um, so sex has become very important. Um, sales of sexual AIDS, which if you've ever held some of these things, the word aid is kind of scary. They should be called weapons. Um, <laughs> but they're, they're going through the roof. 
people under the age of 35 are, are it's all about pleasing themselves because the partner's not there anymore. They're not getting married. Yeah. So, and that's going to, that will hurt our economy. I, Harry Dent is an idiot, by the way. Do you remember when his Dow 36,000 theory? He's changed his theory so many times. I mean, I've, you know, Dow 20, 20 years that yeah. I've been in the business, the, the big correction got put off and then it's been moved. I don't know. I don't put a lot of. He sells, he sells books and he right. scares people. So. Books and charts. Yeah, he's the demographic guy. And basically, he is talking about the household formation. And I will say, there will be some truth to that. As household formations get put off. But he hasn't even changed to the fact that majority of the revenues from Dow companies now come from overseas, where, yeah. the, where the middle class is actually growing, the population is growing. So the whole idea of that, Dow 3,000? 3, 3, yeah, 3,000. Yeah, just you would, you would have to have a perfect storm of sovereign debt failing across the world just outside of... The Portugal, Italy, Spain, Greece. Christmas. It would have to really grow. Christmas 1999, he published a book, Dow uh, 36,000. Mm-hmm. And it was, he basically, his premise was invest in tech stocks because they're the new economy. Yeah, I love the media. In it, that's, it shows you how quickly the general population forgets because people can ride these media waves in any direction that they want to, whether if they want to be a permabear for the next three years or a permable. Okay, big event tonight, Foster City. Uh, wealth preservation retirement planning. Chad Burton, myself, Michelle Lerman, uh, hitting you one, two, three. We'll talk a little real estate in there as well. Talk a little economy. Talk some stocks that we own. Yeah, and uh, and also, how do you really create your your retirement budget? Because yeah. your retirement budget and your forecasted expenses, which include taxes and your healthcare costs, it yeah. drives everything, including your asset allocation, which is which you know stocks, bonds, real estate, retirement products. What do you invest in? And it also drives your asset location. Where do you hold your growth stocks? versus your bonds or your REITs or your oil and gas limited partnerships, those types of things that are that are out there. And I'm not talking about the partnerships that people bought in the 80s. I'm talking about publicly traded stuff. What do you think about some of those um, alternative gas wells that people can buy and uh, well, leans? I and- like them when you um, you invest them as a you know publicly traded stock on the NYSE or NASDAQ. Would you ever buy a, a lean? No. No, Why? I've just seen too many horror stories, and a good financial plan has ultimate flexibility. And when you buy stuff where you can't get your money out of it, that's not flexibility. There's zero flexibility in that. So don't buy private REITs, private oil and gas deals that are sold to you for a large tax deduction. Um, A lot of those are you're paying so much less than people got into them for because look at what natural gas has done. It's, It's in the toilet. Good stuff. We'll see Chad and myself tonight, Foster City. You can sign up at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. If you drop Chad an email before 3, he'll let you in for free. Chad at chadburton.com or sign up at robblack.com. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.